Welcome to today's episode of the Big O Sports Report. I'm live from Lake Balfour Podcast Network. Today is our Senior League Finals recap episode. Today, this morning, was the Senior Basketball League's Finals where Evan Glatzer came out on top of Eli Greenberger's team. 58-50 to was the final. It was an incredible game filled with offensive firepower on both sides. Really high scoring. Glatzer's role players really came up to play today. Eli Greenberger had a terrific game. So much to get to on today's episode of the Baco Sports Report. All right, and today I'm joined by Ethan Lairfeld. Lairfeld, we have been covering this league all season long. A lot of speculation. Long, speculating. We've done power rankings. We've done analysis. We've broken down the playoffs, everything. We've done it all, but now the season is finally coming to an end with just a day left in camp, and the result is what we expected all along, although there were some bumps along the way. Evan Glasser and his team ultimately come out of champions of this league. Yeah, I felt like, uh, you know, Evan's team out of, uh, you know, you know Evan each year is usually the dominant force in leagues. This year, he was definitely a bit more vulnerable. Teams were definitely playing him a bit more closer, but it's just so hard to get over the hump on him. And ultimately, Eli Grimmerger's team just couldn't do it. And uh, it was a close game. But, so, uh, yeah, so they put up a really good fight in this game. It was a tight game all the way through. Um, Glasser came out hitting his shots early. And I think that this was the best game I've seen by far all season from the role players around Glasser. Jake Ludgett, who was the fourth player on this team, was the fourth round pick. He he's kind of, you know, yeah, he's only, you know, he has not scored a lot this season. He dropped 15 points in this game. It was incredible. He hit three shots from deep, uh, had a few tough contested layups inside. Newman hit three threes. Sure. I mean, he was all over the place. Ludgett, Newman hit a few shots. Gabe had gave had some points. He was dribbling the ball, and I think a lot of this comes back to the fact that the defensive strategy that was instituted by Max Goldstein, the coach of the opposing team, they played a triangle and two defenses, and they put both Greenbergers directly on Glatzer during this game. Um, they basically just absolutely smothered Glatzer all over the court. And it's debatable whether the strategy worked because. Basically, what they said is let the other people on the team beat us. We don't care. Glatzer will not beat us. And, I mean, at the end of the day, the other players on the team beat them, so you got to give them a lot of credit. And I think that ultimately Glatzer was just hard to be stopped. I mean, he got a lot of really tough finishes yeah. through contact. Again, they use the strategy against Glatzer that when he gets the ball in transition to foul automatically uh, on the on the ground, uh, even what, like just in transition, just hack of Glatzer basically, just fouling him. So they use that um, again. So I thought ultimately that their defensive strategy was a bit gimmicky, and I think that the role players around Glatzer really made them pay for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... Evan had twenty nine, but there were they. That team scored fifty. And to be points. clear, it was a quiet twenty nine. This was it was not a explosive twenty nine. It was a remarkably quiet twenty nine. Like I mean, he was scoring the ball a lot, but again, when you get to fifty eight points as a team, Glatzer's twenty nine, it really didn't feel like that much. He was kind of just sticking at a consistent pace the whole game. And I think that there was one part, like the game in the semifinals, the pace for Glatzer kind of slowed up in the early to mid second half. Um, in this game, and what happened was that they were really struggling. Eli got back. They actually cut it to forty-one to forty. Um, they got up by one. So Glatzer had a one. one Glatzer had a one-point lead in this game, and he had been, uh, you know, coasting for a lot of the game. They had been in the lead by you know seven, eight, nine points for a lot of the game. But when they cut it to one, I think it was kind of like alarming, and Glatzer had gone to sh- gone to shot to fall in a while, and he just steps back from two, three feet beyond the line 
off of a screen and just wets a three. And I think that was probably the biggest play in the game because all the momentum was riding with the Greenbergers. And then Glasser just comes in and hits that shot. That really, to me, was the difference in the game. It puts them off four points. And they never really looked back after that. Yeah, towards the end of the second half, uh, Goldstein's team or Eli Greenberger's team, whatever you want to call it, did a really good job of either fouling Glasser when he got inside or just stopping and making him pass it. But, you know, it's Evan. He is a dual threat. So he's like, okay, you uh, you won't let me go inside? Fine, I'll just pull up from behind the three-point line with three people on me and just drain it. And he had, there were like four of those moments. And I can't, unbeatable. And no, I can't emphasize know. enough how the role players played. I mean, you got a guy like Splat who... He's filling in for the injured chronic in this game. He comes in. I mean, he's not basketball. It's not a strong suit. He comes in, and he just nails a three ball from the right wing. And it was just like everything was going for Glasser's team today. And that's really what they needed because when the defense was played against Glasser, they're just hounding him all over the place. I mean, full court, just like absolutely just in his grill the whole game. To have other people step up and make plays like Gabe, like Ludgen, Newman, I mean, it was just huge to see. And I think also, you know, you got to give Eli Greenberger a ton of credit in this game. When a guy like, fantastic. When a guy like Splat hits a three or Ludgen is raining triples, like, it can definitely be demoralizing. Eli Greenberger did not give up in this game. He was He huge. kept his cool, which is he kept something cool. that he doesn't necessarily so something, do. Yeah, sometimes he can struggle with keeping, you know, and keeping his cool and staying engaged in the games at all times. And I think today he did an incredible job. This may be one of the best games we've seen him play all season long. He scores 32 points in this game. And, you know, we saw an Olympics glass to really just shut Greenberger down because, as I said in the podcast when you were previewing this game, Eli Greenberger tends to be a guy who, you know, likes to use his physicality inside to finish, like, with through contact or, you know, you know, shoot over people. He's very good at making contested shots. Right, exactly. But when Glasser is the one contesting the shot, it's a lot harder. And I think in Olympics, when he was playing for Blackfeet and Glasser was on Cherry Key, and that was the game where they lost by 40 points, Eli was really just shut down uh, defensively by Glasser. And give Eli a lot of I think that was credit. a fluke. That was definitely a fluke. He made it look like a fluke game. now because he came out here and he was just gunning. He was making shots where, like, Glasser would play great team. He was kind of bouncing off Glasser in the paint, fading away and finishing yeah. the shot. Oh, he had one really nice fadeaway um, jumper. I mean, he was all over the place hitting threes. I mean, like, I think he's really established himself. This season, I mean, we can talk about Glasser, obviously. He came as a leader. But ultimately, I think this brings us to a bigger point, which is to say, Lairfeld, is Eli Greenberger now established himself as being closer in dominance and talent level to Glasser or to the rest of the league? Because clearly there's a level. We see Glasser play where he's so big and physical and he scores when he wants to score and he finishes shots that just should not be finished. And then, you know, you got Eli, who did a lot of the same things today. I mean, he outscored Glasser in this game, and he did a great job making He made a lot of tough, tough mid-range jumpers and three-point balls. And when you come, when he came into this summer, people did not know that he had that in his repertoire. And to be able to show that on the biggest stage in front of, I would say, the majority of the campus watching, you're probably talking 
you know, 70, 80, 90, probably 90 people watching this game on the hill. It was packed. I mean, to be able to show that off in front of the whole camp and just really score the ball. And Glasser, there was, I mean, there was a lot of possessions where Glasser, you know, was really, I can't emphasize enough, like, he was really guarding up in his business. And he was still finishing over him, and he does not have the height advantage. Glasser has a height advantage on him. So I think this brings the question to you, Feldy. Uh, is he closer to Glatzer or is he closer to everyone else? Well, look, you know, Eli just makes almost all of his shots. You know, he's just very good at just getting inside and just making contested shots. He's the guy. He just takes over. You know what I mean? And I think there's really – there are three players in this league or the league that was who have the, have the ability to just create for themselves – and shoot when they were being smothered, and that's Glasser, that's Eli, and that's Chuck. No, but Chuck, Chuck can do that, but I don't think Chuck... Chuck is an elite player. Definitely a very good elite player. Can carry a team. But I'm talking about, like, the guy. Like a Vardaro, like... Like, you know, an, an Emden-level type guy. Eli is definitely close to Evan. They're both the guy. They're both extremely... And today, I think, definitely solidified that opinion. Yeah, so... I think that as we look ahead to next year also, Eli's going to be the dominant player in the league because we saw over the past few days, especially as we got to the postseason, that Glatz was really the only one who was capable of guarding Eli. And even today, Eli really gave Glatz a real run for his money um, all over the place. You know, Glatz was having difficulty defending Eli parts of the game where he was just, you know, I saw the look on his face, like he had a couple of loud moments where like, Eli just dazzled on the court in a way that is usually reserved for Glatzer with the people in the audience just saying, like, wow, like, what a play. Eli has, like, tremendous post moves. He has tremendous moves, and he's just tremendous feel around the basket. His spatial awareness around the basket is really, like, a tremendous talent of his. The way that he just sees the court, like, not even the passing lanes, but the way he just is able to see, like, how far away he is from the basket and able to readjust his footwork to... Yeah, he's great that. He's, he's very graceful on the court, and I think we saw that yet again today. And also, Jacob Greenberger had a good outing. Wasn't out his best game, but he hit some shots. He's getting very good at just taking a man one-on-one and, on one and driving Yeah, and he knows how to play off Eli because when Glatzer, we were unable to so against the team, against Rab and Leo Hoffman in the semifinals, we played a 2-3 zone, and Glatzer was in the middle, which really clocked at the paint. But because Eli was such a factor... You know, from the outside, just from everywhere, it needed to be shut down. Um, we played a man defense today, so Glatzer was on Eli, which therefore opened up the court for the other players on the team, like Jacob Greenberger, guy like JR had a good end one. So that really opened up the floor for the rest of the offense to work, and they capitalized on it. Um, as well, overall, the, the offense, I think, was just on full display today. Neither team really had much of an answer for either uh, Greenberger or Glatzer. So it was really fun to see at the back and forth of those two. And I think at the end of the day, what it really came down to is that Glatzer got a lot more help from his other teammates and the fact that he needed more attention defensively in the first place, which gave his teammates more of the looks. The deciding factor is that both Eli and Glatzer pulled shots out of nowhere, like insane shots. The issue is that just Evan had more of those, and that's why Evan's team won. You know, um, Eli hit a lot of tough contested shots, but Evan just tri- triple team just started pulling up behind the three-point line and making it. Like, th- those are the deciding shots of the game. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is Glasser 
You see, for those of you at home who can't watch, wouldn't know, but Glatcher's release on his shot is very high. He kind of releases it by his head, um, and it's pretty high release, so he really gets over the top of basically every defender. It's very good form. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's very repeatable, but it's also just got when, even when he's being smothered, he's still able to get the shot off relatively uncontested a lot of times. And when he makes those, it's just absolutely demoralizing because part of the sacrifice that you're making by uh, triangle and two in Glatzer, so you're leaving other people open, so you assume that therefore you can shut down Glatzer, but it did not work out that way for them. And that's really what I think led to the win. It was really just a great game to watch. Like I said, they cut the 41 40 after it had been. Uh, dominating first half for Glasser. I would say at halftime, everyone thought that Glasser really had this game because, you know... Eli's team started Eli's, getting some open looks in the second half. Yeah, they really were making a lot of contested shots in the first half. I think even throughout the whole game, though, they really just made a lot of contested shots, and you've got to give them a lot of credit for sticking in this game because this is the game they could have very easily just, you know, gave up on with... Because when you have Glatzer and then you've got other guys on the team hitting the shots, it's easy to just throw in the towel. But to their credit and to Eli's credit, they did not do that. They fought through and, you know, they could have gotten this win. I mean, it was a close game down to the end. Yeah, you know, um, and this team, you know, guys like JR, um, even Jacob Greenberg, even me because I subbed for Schreier, did a great job of just setting picks on Evan, just giving Eli just enough room because that's all he needs to just – hit that right, step so back essentially, three essentially or, or that whole off, the vast majority of the offense consisted of Eli Greenberger going ISO, the one of the role players coming up, setting a screen. And or Jacob driving him, down the middle and right, making a shot. And having them, him either drive or shoot if they look, went under the screen. And I think that that was the case for both sides. It was a very isolation-heavy game. There were not a lot of assists, not a lot of... Glasgow did a better job moving the ball just because naturally it was so... Uh, Glasser did get screened so a lot, often. though, and it yeah. worked. It worked. He yeah. was getting screened, though. I think the ball movement on for Eli was not as strong, mainly just because he was so dominant the isolation. They didn't even need to move the ball because he was hitting all those shots when he was just one-on-one -on -one in Glatzer. And that's really impressive. There just really is no one else in the league who can go 1v1 on Glatzer and just score the ball just because of Glatzer's length. It was really impressive. I mean, just a firepower display. And going into next year, he is unquestionably the best camper uh, coming back in Tobacco and camp, playing basketball. He's going to be even better, and I, you know, I can't well, wait to see Of course. I mean, after seeing the improvement he made from last year this year with his shooting stroke, his ability to make knockdown contested shots, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. And remember, you know, he's just 14 years old, um, so it's really it's I mean, crazy. he'll be a waiter next year. but Right, so you're right. He, he's only 14 years old, but he is in the age group above. But still, that being said, it's really incredible to see. I mean, he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Glass today, and they came with just short. But it was a really great game to watch. It was an incredible season of basketball. I mean, I think now we should do some of our uh, superlatives. So let's get into it. Let's do our all-senior basketball league's first team. All right, so our first team is comprised of two guards, two forwards, and a center. Um, so our guards here, um, we put Chuck and Eli as our guards. Even though Eli, Eli can play as a forward, he's kind of like a hybrid, takes the ball off the court a bunch. So we put Eli here as a guard. I think this is pretty self-explanatory. Chuck is obviously just a lethal uh, shot creator, just shoots the ball from all over the floor. Uh, he really carried his team there, especially after the Ali Pellet injury. And Eli, we just talked about ad nauseum. I mean, he is just a just dirty player all over the court. He's really 
shot the ball so much better this year. He really creates, you know, he just creates shot, shot opportunities for himself that really very few people in the league are able to. Then our two forwards, Aiden Rabb, who I think might might be underappreciated by some in this league just because of his just all a lot of steals, a lot of rebounds. Just a really all around player. He's not the best scorer. I mean, he does score a lot, but... It's not that he doesn't score, but I think for someone who was the number two pick in the draft, I think there was an expectation of a scoring, but I think that does not... But he does everything else really player, well. ...the fact that he is not one of the best players, and he is clearly one of the elite players in this league with his ability to just, you know, pass the ball. You know, he's able to rebound defend defensively. He's just all around and really, really, you know, his IQ, just a really smart basketball player who's definitely one of the top five in this league, one of the best forwards. The other forward, obviously, is Evan Glatzer, who really, I mean, forward, I just put him at forward. He really he's sort of all. a point forward. He's kind of a, he plays, basically plays, he's kind of LeBron, plays one through five. You know, defensively, he can play as a five. He's the best rebounder on the floor, given his size. But also, he's an incredible ball handler, shooter. He really just does it all on the court and just led his team. And the center, we put Noodle. Noodle, you know, really good player. Great rebounder. Great rebounder. Great He's just so shooter. big, just really large. And he came back to Canada this summer with a mid-range jump shot. And no one, I mean, there is not a person at this camp who would have – Guess Noodle will come back to camp with a mid-range jump shot. I mean, he's hitting step backs. You know, he's he turned himself into a good player, and you gotta give him credit. He makes the center spot on our first team for this league. Then I think we look at defensive player of the year. We gotta give this one to Glatzer. I mean, at the end of the day, there's some close players. Aiden, Leo you, Hoffman. There's a lot of both Leo Hoffman players, and Rab are definitely. Uh, close runner-ups. They're both really good. Leo mainly just because of his athleticism. He's just insane. He's everywhere on the court. And Rab has great footwork, able to stay with people on the court. But at the end of the day, when you have the length of Glatzer mixed with the speed shot and agility, I mean, the shot blocking ability. His recovery, he had another really nice block today. His just recovery on the shots. So he looks like Rudy Gobert out there, the way he's able to just get back and block the shots from behind. just comes out of nowhere. He's really just... A terrific defender, and I think that his experience playing with superior competition really is able to help him because when you go and you're playing in leagues, like it's easy to anticipate where the people are going to go. And I think that that's another thing we didn't talk about before that Eli did really well today is misdirection of Glatzer because there's a lot of really a lot of people in this league who you know they're good basketball players but they predictable moves, and Glatzer's really able to capitalize off that, which he's done throughout the entire season. So he definitely is the best player of the year. Then most improved player. There's three big candidates for this. Yeah. You know, Noodle obviously came back much came back better. He's him. already good. Came back much better. I think he comes in third place. Beef was good, but now he beef, became elite this now year. Beef arguably. really came. I mean, this guy came out of nowhere. Like, he was like a guy who played, but he's two years He was younger. your fifth guy on your team, more right. or less. Fifth guy on, like, the 14th team, the Correct. 13th team. But he really was not a star player. At all, like he was not a guy who was included in the draft, the senior league's draft before it happened uh, at the beginning of the summer. He was not a guy who was supposed to be really like a great player. But after the Avi Pellet injury, when he got subbed, and I remember 
you know, Chuck, who was on Obvious team, obviously was not that happy when they got him and Illman just because he thought that there was not enough talent to make up for the Obvious injury. But Beef proved himself out there on the floor over the past few Excellent games. Excellent at just getting the ball, putting it back just up. Just really able to, you know, do the dirty work inside. He is a blue-collar player, just able to, you know, get the ball inside, rebound. He's so physical, and he finishes at the rim, and you got to give him credit for that. He really came back to camp a different player, and he's going to be picked awfully high in next year's draft after what he showed all summer long. And I think the most improved player, while this may be boring, is Eli Greenberger because... Again, you know, another player who was good last year, but this year really became good, always, the guy. And he's Just always been a really good player, league. but you know, he's picked sixth in leagues this year. Not expected to be, you know, a really top tier. Expected to be the best player on his team, but not expected to be a dominant force. And then he just comes out and he absolutely just lights this league on fire. I think by the second or third game, we already had he established himself as the second best player in camp. And at this point, there's no debating it. He just has been electric all summer long, and we knew that he was great inside. He's always been a great finisher at the rim. Always been great at. Adjusting to the sh- adjusting himself midair. I think you could argue that he was just as good as Jacob last year, and this year he just blew that comparison out of the water. Correct. Completely. I mean, it's it's really incredible the way he came back to camp this summer with not only physic physically just more dominant, also mentally, um, really a lot stronger, and just able to pick apart defenses in a way that he was just unable to a season ago. So for that reason, although Beef was a close runner up. Uh, Eli Greenberger wins most improved player of the year. And then I think the MVP of this league um, probably does not need to be discussed very much. Seven Glatzer, I think that Eli Greenberger made what a compelling we, the case. Evan club? It's essentially what this podcast is. We, we're essentially the Evan Fan Club. Oh, uh, that's one way of putting it. I think <laughs> that we are also... This may be the Evan fan club, but I think this is also the club of people who actually talk about what they see in the court. And we I mean, saw we're not the, lying. What we, <laughs> we saw in the court all summer long is that this guy is just playing a game that no one else is playing. Just dominant player on both ends of the floor. He just lit it up all season long, and the result indicated what we saw. And finally, one more award. We have our best role player. Sort of a six-man of the year. Six-man of the year, except not actually a six-man because the six-man's... Because there's only six men on the roster. Six-man on the roster. Six-man does not tend to be the strongest player. So I would say our role player of the year candidates, we probably got Alex Newman. Who played really well again for Glass definitely yesterday. a score doesn't do a ton of rebounds. Yeah, I mean he's, or, he's more of a shooter, but and I think he and he filled his role all summer long. You know, being on Glasser's team as a pure shooter is you know a pretty good task to have because so much attention, like especially today when Glasser was being put in the triangle and two, uh, Newman really was able to step up. He as he mentioned, he, he had, had like three, two three threes. He had three three pointers. Um, really just played a great game, filled his role. Another guy who I think also deserves to be put in this award is Teddy Steinberg. Great um, rebounder. Great rebounder. He just does all the little things on the court. He really showed himself up to be really huge. Not as dominant scorer as B-Bas- Newman. Yeah, but, but he he's, showed himself but he, up to be yeah, huge he score. in B-basketball for Blackfeet. And overall, this whole summer, he's just been a great role player. He was unfortunately stuck on the team that came in last place in this league with the waiters counselors team, but he played really good all summer long and really showed his worth. I think more so than people would have anticipated. Um, yeah, I think who we're gonna give it to though is probably is another candidate, Leo Elkins. Um he is just you know, he honestly is just he's a phenomenal player. He's I think Newman's a better scorer than him, but he's just 
amazing on defense, great rebounder, great at getting to the rim. And, you know, it's a really hard decision, ultimately, for this award. But if, if I, you, you were going with my pick, it would be Leo. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. I think Leo Wilkins is the committee's vote for best role player just because his rebounding ability and just his ability to do all Great the on defense inside um, and play defense. So that's it for our senior basketball leagues, uh, superlatives. And I think that's it for our talking about senior basketball leagues this summer. They're filled. It's been awesome to talk about this league. It's been a wild league all summer long. We had filled with drama, I think, at the offset of this league. I think we... Everyone Evan was 0-2. The onset of this league, <laughs> I think we saw Glatzer was the heavy favorite. Of course, we remember Glatzer went 0-2, um, and everyone was freaking out, and we we did not hit the panic button at all this summer. Uh, Glatzer did not lose another game following his 0-2 start, but all summer long, between the Chuck and Avi duo before he got hurt, which was crazy, to the emergence of Eli Greenberger. Maybe Chuck and Avi would have won this league if Avi was I think that's good. definitely up for debate. I mean, if you look at this across the board, they were clicking. They were 4-1 when he got hurt, and they looked like the best team in this league. They were really firing. I think it's you know safe to say that they would have given Glatzer a true run for his money to have two superstars of that magnitude. Together, we'll never know though. Ultimately, though, this was an awesome league, an awesome summer of basketball. Everyone had so much fun, you know, cheering on this league all summer. The attendance at the game today was great. Everyone wanted to see Glasser one last time, as now his Baker basketball career is officially in the books. Um, so it was awesome to see. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us We're all not done yet, though. summer still, long. Still, still got a lot. Of, still got a day left of this summer. We'll be raw. talking about the raw finals a bunch. We'll hit on softball leagues in the next podcast. But as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Larfeld, and I'm your host, Maddie Wasserman, saying so long, and we will see you next time on the Baker Sports Report.